0: Chapter 42, Old Married Couple. My body was swollen and my fingers looked like sausages. My feet were blistered and chafed and my underarms red and irritated. All the after effects of walking in the midday sun. We had arrived in Chanakale, an arduous 40 kilometers from Lepcheki, and were in a hotel with air conditioning, a feature that was now becoming a necessity. Even with my feet up, I needed almost an hour to deflate. We only ventured out in the early evening, joining the multitudes in their strolls along the waterside promenade. Our step led us to a small restaurant with a view of the impending sunset. I sensed that the worst of our initial insecurities were behind us and looked forward to a peaceful, although hot, summer. I want to tell you about something that happened while you were in Canada, Alberto said after we had ordered our drinks. I looked at him expectantly. I was about to leave you. I couldn't contain my surprise. I waited for your call every day after you left, he continued, but you never called. I told you before, I interjected defensively, I was very busy and couldn't use my credit card when I did try to call it does not matter he replied softly but clearly it did the hotel owner saw me there every day and sat with me while i waited my stomach lurched she was an attractive woman not much older than me and i had not paid her the slightest attention until this moment we talked about many things alberto went on including relationships I confided to her that I was so in love with an old girlfriend that I forgot myself, and that I vowed never to repeat that mistake again. She asked why you hadn't called, and I made excuses for you day after day, all of which sounded shallow, even to me. That was when she said that when a story repeats itself, it's because we still haven't learned the lesson. I defended you, but the seed of doubt was planted." When you didn't call, I began to wonder if her words were true. I wasn't sure if I was breathing. I waited, bracing myself for the worst. I received a strong sign to go without you, he said. The idea of walking alone in a mainly Muslim country where I didn't speak the language and had no money scared me. But then I remembered walking alone to Medjugorje and knew that I could do it. Despite all of that, I still worried about leaving you alone, and fought with God and the angels, tormented by what I should do. I told them that I refused to go without at least speaking with you. I was relieved that nothing had happened with this woman, and now wondered if I could have tried harder to reach him. My excuses were true, but in my heart I knew I was testing him, looking for ammunition to hold back from giving myself completely. My mind had given him all the logical arguments before, but now my heart needed to speak. I'm sorry, I said sincerely. I considered never telling you, he responded, but it was too heavy a secret to keep. I'm happy I waited. Now it was my time to be honest. Before I started this walk, I revealed, one of my girlfriends had a vivid dream with me. She saw me in a white tunic, leading thousands of people in a peace march to Jerusalem. I was in the Arab world with an Arab man who had tattooed on his arm a sword with two eagle wings. My friend knew nothing about how important the eagle is for me. This man had power and money and was passionate about peace. In this dream, we traveled throughout the region working together for what we believed in. I had been excited by the dream, taking it as a sign for me to walk. But now, sitting before Alberto, I felt embarrassed. A woman naively following a friend's dream. I am nothing like the man your friend described. Alberto responded softly. So is that your fear? That I am taking you away from your destiny? That I am not the man of your dreams? I nodded. "'It was only a dream,' I said. "'What if you get clear signs in the future "'about following your path to Jerusalem without me?' "'Alberto asked. "'I don't know,' I replied honestly. "'It's funny,' Alberto replied with a head chuckle. "'That's the same fear that Hannah had with me. "'It's so much easier to understand her now. "'I guess you and I are more alike than we think.' I believe that a future together with each following their dream is possible, Alberto continued, but we must feel free to do it and to know that the other person supports us in our choice. Alberto, I promise you that my greatest desire in this relationship is that you feel free to follow your own path, I said. And that is my greatest desire for you too, he replied, kissing my hand. But you must bet for this relationship too or it will not survive. We lingered over coffee, and then meandered back to our hotel hand in hand. Street vendors now lined the promenade, enticing passers-by with their glittery and colorful wares. Alberto disappeared among them, and then emerged grinning. He asked me to close my eyes, and when I did, I felt him slip a necklace around my neck. I opened my eyes and held the small pendant in my hand, the symbol of peace inside a heart. He also wore one. I kissed him and contentedly slid under his arm. That evening, I bet for a relationship with Alberto alongside my walk for peace. The day started to look the same, waking up at 4 a.m., walking in the dark, and rushing to arrive before 10 a.m. It made the long days of summer feel even longer. We stayed close to the coastline, seeing that it catered to tourists, which made it easier to find mid-range hostels with air conditioning. Aside from an impromptu interview with a journalist at a campsite where we were staying, our interactions with people were limited to negotiating the price of our hostel room and to ordering food. We now battled regular bouts of diarrhea, the consequence of questionable water quality and the battering heat. More than once, too weak to walk, we took a bus to the nearest city. I didn't know how I felt about my walk anymore and only cared about arriving quickly so that I could rest. I was also convinced that our physical recovery was being hampered by persistent arguments between Alberto and I, which took their toll on me emotionally. The comments had started innocently enough and I even thought them endearing. But they quickly became annoying. There are typically variations of the following themes. Moni, make sure the curtains are tightly closed, Alberto would say. Someone might see us. I think you're overreacting and trying to control everything, I would reply. Moni, you can't go out without a bra, he would say. Have you forgotten where we are? Oh, so now you're telling me what to wear, I would retort. Moni, we can't go into that bar, it's full of men, and they're not used to seeing women there. We've always walked into bars without ever checking to see who was there, I would counter. In barely two months, we had become an old married couple. Worse yet, all the arguments that couples would typically have over the course of their relationship were now compressed into the pressure cooker that was already turkey. Alberto admitted that these feelings of insecurity and jealousy had taken him by surprise, and that he was fighting a hateful image of himself, one that he likened to a terrible wolf that he didn't know how to control and that he thought he had long ago healed. He asked me to be patient. Watching my once confident companion, my all-powerful wizard, suffer, stirred deep feelings of compassion for him. But I didn't always succeed in controlling my anger, frustration, and above all, hurt. We rode an emotional roller coaster that seemed to have no end. When we arrived in Izmir, we decided to rest for a few days to allow our bodies to fully recuperate. We slept a great deal. We moved slowly, without destination or hurry. We lost ourselves one afternoon in the immense open bazaar in what seemed like a stroll back in time. Perhaps it was the exotic smells and dazzling colors that assaulted our senses or the artisans in their frocks and robes working their trade or the little boys that flitted past us balancing tea trays or the Arab music that filled every space. Whatever it was, it was cathartic and we allowed ourselves to be swept away by it. A silversmith, working in a small tent, motioned for us to stop, eagerly displaying his jewelry. His designs were interesting, and we were drawn to a silver ring with rounded edges and an inlaid crisscross pattern. He had a matching set, and when we tried them on, they fit perfectly. We engraved them with our spiritual names, names that we had chosen, which we felt represented the best within us and which gave expression to our spirit. Alberto's ring carried my name, while mine carried his. We returned to our room and lit the many candles that we had purchased in the bazaar. In the soft glow of our simple room, we sat cross-legged on our bed facing each other. Alberto reached for the rings in his pocket and placed them side by side on the bed between us. He picked up my ring and reached for my left hand. This is a symbol of my infinite love for you, he whispered. It has no beginning and no end. He slipped it onto my finger and kissed it. I reached for his ring and held it over the finger of his left hand. This is a symbol of my infinite love for you, I whispered. It has no beginning and no end. I similarly slipped it onto his finger and kissed it. Will you marry me? He asked softly in Spanish, his beautiful eyes sparkling. See, I replied lovingly, throwing my arms around him. We lay together for a long while, admiring our rings. They shone in the candlelight and seemed even more brilliant against our tanned skins. Alberto stroked my hand, tracing the silver edges with his finger. One day, I'd like to buy you a better ring, he promised. I love our rings, I answered. They're more precious to me than gold or any other metal. To this day, they remain our wedding bands.